I've just stopped eating breakfast <laughs> for some reason. I, I I looked up like what's the most effective diet, and it said just stop eating. Just stop. <laughs> that wasn't like the words they used, but I felt like that was yeah. that was the gist. Hello, faithful listeners, and welcome back to It's a Wrap. Your uh, I need a tagline for this. Your in-house hip hop review. Oh my gosh, that was better than I thought it'd be. Nice. Um, today in the studio, we are again joined by Mr. Daniel Gleason. Hey, hey. The resident old head. Um, typically, we'd be joined by Nathan Akarma, but unfortunately, he was unable to make it to the session. So uh, as as you may remember, we have a bit of a special review planned for today. We're doing something of a three-parter. We had three albums we were going to cover, Nas's Illmatic, Lil Yachty's Lil Boat Mixtape, and Chance's color, uh, Chance the Rapper's Coloring Book, the, the, the album that... Uh, Nathan's been trying to push on to Mr. Gleason for a good time now, but he can't make it, so we're going to hold off on that and come back around to it when we can get Nathan in the studio. But for today, we're going to cover the eminent uh, classic, uh, Nas's Elmatic, held up there with such big names as, like, you know, Ready to Die from Biggie and and the Black Album. A lot of people look up to it as one of the best hip-hop records of all time. And then we have Lil Yachty, which is going to be his own deal, but we'll deal with him We'll deal with him after we're done with uh, the, the classic. So do we have any beginning notes or thoughts from you, Mr. Gleason? All right. Well, what's up, everybody? Good to be back in the studio with Cooper. And uh, Nathan, if you are listening out there in podcast land, I did do my homework and I listened to Coloring Book a couple of times. So uh, whenever you're ready to get back in, um, we'll do that. Um, and I actually did feel like that went pretty well with um, Little Boat. I feel like there were a couple of tracks off of Little Boat that could have been on Coloring Book. Oh, so man. Nathan's gonna Nathan's hate, gonna yeah Nathan's, Nathan's gonna, gonna die when he hears me that. say that. So okay, so um, Illmatic um, classic album, one that um, I've enjoyed listening to for a long time, and it turns 25 years old next year. So a quarter of a century of history on this one. Um, so it came out in 1994, and it was Nas's first studio-length album. He had started coming into um, kind of a little bit more prestige in hip-hop community after a barbecue mixtape, which I think it was just called The Barbecue. And some producers... Live, live from The Barbecue. Li- live from The Barbecue. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, so some, some big names in hip-hop um, heard him. I think he just had a verse um, on somebody else's track on that one. Um, I can't remember exactly, but... So people recognized his talent, and um, he started um, getting a little bit more opportunity to sit down with producers to do some recording. He was 18, 19 years old at the time, and when Illmatic was released, he turned 20. So there's kind of a nice bridge into Yachty in that Yachty is a young guy, right? He's a young cat. Yeah, yeah, pretty, pretty darn young. So we can kind of compare them as far as development of an artist um, in terms of age. Um, so the uh, the album was originally written in notebooks by Nas kind of from age 18 to 19. And if, if the album all feels like it's of a piece, it really is because he wrote about 60 verses in a notebook and then they weren't really split up like individual songs. That was kind of like a first draft. Um, he had just been writing and rapping and freestyling and spitting it at the park. 
So when the when it when it came time to do the album, he worked with some producers and they worked on creating discrete tracks and kind of getting the thematic pieces more woven into uh, to individual songs. So it really does feel like um, a, a portrait of the Queensbridge ghetto, circa nineteen ninety four, which is which is what it aims uh, at being. Nice. That was a that was a pretty in-depth thing there. Now, thank God we have that because when I was listening to it, all I was thinking was, this is pretty darn good. And unfortunately, <laughs> it ended right there because I, I, I appreciate old hip-hop. I can enjoy it. And there's a lot of newer stuff that's coming out now that still has a really old flavor. Yeah. Like there's, um, there's a group called Zarface, mm-hmm. which has, uh, I think, Inspector Deck from... Uh, Wu-Tang Clan and a couple of um, mm-hmm. uh, other MCs that has a whole lot of that sort of boom bap production, the same sort of flows. It's it's aggressive. It's got so- something of like a just a great East Coast vibe to everything. Yeah. MF Doom has oh, yeah. a, has a awesome, his just lyricism is incredible every time, but he has the same sort of old style mm-hmm. uh, flow and typically sticks to production like that. So yeah. I, can, I can appreciate the new versions of old music. Yeah. And What's unfortunate, like when it comes to movies, because I'm I'm a movie person, I can watch old movies and fawn over them just as much as any new movies because I'm like, oh, for the time, this was incredible and this was amazing. But I can't do that for music yet because okay. I haven't like embroiled myself in old music and music history in order like long enough for me to get and understand the importance of old albums. So yeah. as I was listening to Nas the the very me now here kind of person was thinking yeah this is this is just a really this is just a really good rap album with a lot of uh creative interesting lyricism and themes with some cool production some interesting features uh that was a weird way to open it but i've seen it before the problem was when it came out not many people had seen that before yeah. like i'm sure skits were a part of it skits have always been a part of rap albums for an oddly yeah. long amount of time but because I don't really have the ability to place it in context of past hip hop of like the history, I know that I'm missing something. Mm-hmm. I know I'm missing something huge. But for right now, I can only say that I I do enjoy it. But as soon as like I become the the music historian, I, yeah. I wish I was, yeah. then it would change. Yeah, I mean, I think it's an incredible achievement for its time. And when it came out, it was it was hyped um, and it was critically acclaimed and it did sell, but Nas's sales have always underachieved his critical critical acclaim, which is kind of an interesting thing. Um, and he, as a personality, is much less of a um, self stylized celebrity than guys that you see uh, running in the mainstream now. Um, a kind of a sensitive soul in a lot of ways, and this is actually part of the the beef that he has with Jay-Z, which which we can hit at some point too, um, because Jay-Z actually took advantage of a vacuum of, of talent or a vacuum of albums being produced at a very high quality. Um, when Nas was in his ascendancy, he beefed with Nas to, to kind of um, get his rep up, and he released some albums at some time, at a couple of times when Nas had something in the can but wasn't ready to go forward with it. And, and Jay-Z, Jay-Z's career really benefited a lot from Nas. So Nas um, grew up as a, like a child prodigy um, musician. So his pops um, was a jazz musician and world traveler, and he would get instruments from all over the world. He, he'd be playing them at the house. And Nas, as a four-year-old, is picking up a trumpet and starting to, to make melodies. And so it's interesting that he's tuned into melody, into music, 
but most of what he is doing is is on the lyrical side. He's not singing uh, really on the album at all. So um, I almost see him as like a a poet of the ghetto, a a um, a witness and sometime participator in some of that aggressive or violent or or kind of uh, the the nastier side of, of life um, that he lived, but he's not trying to style himself as like an out front banger, like a fifty cent kind of guy, like talking about all the holes that he's got shot up in him. Um, but he is he's there living it and recording it um, and participating in the margins. Um, and so uh, yeah, I think his 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 kind of ability to shoot all of that through a lens of almost poetic sensitivity is something that I like about the album. Right. I, I was listening to, I think, some of the the tracks around the middle where he starts talking more about um, the gang rivalries and relationships yeah. in the city. And I was wondering, like, did he have experience with that? I, I assume, like, he, him growing up in New York, he probably yeah. would. But it wasn't until I learned about um, his first DJ, Ill Will, Willie mm-hmm. Graham, Ill Will, um, and how he was shot uh, mm-hmm. and, and killed uh, b- before I realized, like, it, it was that the amount of, not strain, the, the influence of that event on his lyricism, yeah. I'm I'm positive, changed so much about it. And then he like hooked up with DJ Premier a lot later mm-hmm. and uh, everything after that. But for that that shoot, uh, it's it's hard to describe, I guess. The influence of that horrifying like tragic event mm-hmm. changing the the themes of someone at at like an early age. You said he was like. At that point, he was probably like 18, yeah, younger than that. Mm-hmm. And then he, the album's released when he's 20. Yeah. I'm like, I'm 21 now, and I'm thinking like, if if that stuff happened back then, would I be able to produce something that creative yeah. and and incredible in that time? So it fills me with like awe at for when for when he was doing his his the main bulk of his work, Nas's resiliency to that sort of yeah. tragedy and his ability to channel that into creativity. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he, he, um, the album has been described by one reviewer as almost like a Vietnam veteran who comes back from combat and is talking about it with that level of distance and insight. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a lot of ways, Nas is a commentator in that way, but he doesn't really have the years of space between the lived event and his reflections on it. So it's kind of a, a mature reflection, um, a, a pretty artistic portrait um, of things that, um, you know, really, if he's a grown man at 40 looking back at this, um, it, it almost feels like that's his depth of, of uh, understanding and, and um, appreciation for what's happened. Um, but he, although I, I think, so Queensbridge is this crazy place, and he mentions it in the album a lot. I did not know this, but apparently it's the largest housing project in the world. Um, and it's bigger than, you know, a lot of small towns um, in middle America. And so um, I think he's as much a product of that environment as anything, but he's it's it's all around him. It's just lifestyle. It's not like he's um, actively um, pursuing a life of crime or living on kind of this this gangbanger style. So I think that that's what allows him also to to be an artist who's not buried by that experience too. So I I compare him to to Nick uh, Carraway uh, in Gatsby. So like the beginning, he's the narrator of Gatsby. Oh, you're going to hate me as an English <laughs> professor. I have not read You've Gatsby. You've not read Gatsby. I okay. forgive you. Um, I absolve <laughs> you. But Carraway is observing this riotous lifestyle of the 1920s, and he is somewhat infatuated with it. 
but he's like on a balcony looking down at it. Mm-hmm. And then at times he's invited in and he witnesses it and, and he's ultimately scarred by it. Um, and Nas is doing that from the, from the balcony of his Queensbridge apartment in a lot of ways. Right. That, that, yeah, I, I really do get that sense when I'm listening to it, that it's, it's that really, it's, it's that super distant, uh, hyper aware, really observational sort mm-hmm. of tone that I don't, we don't get to hear very often. It's, it's music that's already, it's, it's very involved in that life. It's, or it's standing directly next to the life. But yeah. I like that description of like the Vietnam veteran yeah. thinking back on his time in combat. I, I like that description that, that really does set the tone for the entire album. Do we want to go uh, track by track and kind of talk about our feelings for, you know, song to song? Yeah, let's hit a couple highlights. All yeah, right. that'd be great. Um, I actually really liked, I, I don't know how to say it. I guess the genesis, that that opening track, yeah. you know, the the typical skit we normally get. Yeah. I, I don't know what it is, but I like that. I typically hate skits. Like, yeah. skits get in the way of music for me. There are very few skits I enjoy in any rap album. Yeah. But the skit at the beginning of that, I liked it because it's... It's I, I I don't know what the characters are. One of them might be yeah. One of them is Nas. Yeah. Um, and he heard his his friend or whatever hears like his own music come on the yeah. radio, and he's like, "What is this crap? Turn, Turn that off. off!" And he's like, "No, no, no. This is the next stuff. Yeah. This is this is the good stuff." Yeah. And and that skit is called the Genesis. Yeah. So it's like the beginning, and it starts just with train tracks. Like that's the first sound you hear on the record is just that um, that train track going through uh, Queensbridge. So, um, and I. I think this is before really the idea of characters in a skit. It's more just like guys yakking um, over what turns into a breakbeat after the train track fades out. Um, but it is cool because he's sort of establishing this is going to be a different direction and it might sound whack at first, but it's going to be um, like a, a, a cornerstone in hip hop. So again, if you want to bridge off of that later, when, <laughs> when we get to the Yachty stuff, oh you know, on first listen, it's really easy to say, yeah, this is whack. You know, yes, it is. You know, that's what we can say about, um, Brockhampton as well, but yeah. you know, I'm, I'm going to look down the road and say that they're going to be an influence, but anyway, yeah. um, next is New York state of mind, which yeah. was, I've heard that, that that's, basically ripped off by Jay-Z, Empire yeah. State of Mind. Yeah. Um, I'm not very mad at him. I, I'll call it influence. Yeah. But in a way, it is it is great to see, you know, New York State of Mind, this this really before that, gosh, when Empire State of Mind came out, that was such a huge song. That and was that, a yeah, massive. I felt like that was when hip-hop became pop. And pop, yeah. as we know, it started to become yeah. less about, you know, kind of like these produced um singers, um, Britney Spears style, and more about hip-hop. Hip-hop yeah. be- really takes over at that point. Yeah, so. Jay-Z and Beyonce sort of grabbed mm-hmm. the cultural zeitgeist mm-hmm. in that moment. Like, rock and pop were the were the everything, and now rap is, yeah. in, in this moment, it's probably going to start falling apart soon, but, um, like, in the next few years. But for right now, rap as the cultural cornerstone in terms of, like, American cultural cornerstone in terms of music had definitely started there. But to see like Empire State of Mind, which is one of those first tracks of that entire Mm -hmm. era of popular music and listening to New York State of Mind, the second track from the album, which, gosh, that is just, it's just a good song. Yeah. I just love listening to that. And what's so cool about it is it's two monster verses and these tiny little hooks. Yeah. I mean, the hook is just New York State of Mind. I mean, it's very, very understated. Um, and then it's huge, really relentless verses. And that's one of the cool things about if you're looking at the structure of what he's doing, 
his verses are relentless. And that's part of that composition process that I mentioned. I mean, he's yeah. just got bars on bars on bars mm-hmm. and you just break it up every once in a while with the hook, but it doesn't, it doesn't flow like chorus, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, yeah. um, kind of uh, structure at all. Um, so in that way, it's, it's, it's kind of um, relentless, like the, the life that's surrounding him. So I think that's cool. Yeah. I, I, I'm typically a very hook person cause mm-hmm. I'm, I'm part of the current trend yeah. and trap. Most yeah. of rap is the hook, but yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that in a lot of ways, but this is, I, I do love lyricism and incredible when there are certain artists I listen to basically just for the lyrics because they're absolutely amazing. This is a really incredible middle ground, this album specifically, because it has all these amazing lyrics, all this creativity, but the hooks are so, for as small as they are, mm-hmm. so dadgum catchy. Yeah. They're so much fun to listen to. I was like, I would, I had, I was trying to listen to Lil Yachty earlier today, mm-hmm. like just trying to get a, get through that album one more time. Mm-hmm. And as I was like pausing it to get some food, I just was walking around going, life's a, and then yeah. you die. And which, yeah. we're going to refrain from saying and, that on air. And and the next one, the world is yours, it's the same. I mean, it, it's that repetitive hook, but it's it's minimal. Yeah. Um, whereas if you looked at a, um, a mumble rap version of this, you would take that hook and you would multiply it out to be like, two minutes of the song and yeah. the verse would be the 30 seconds of the song. Then you bury it between yeah. like distorted bass and it, yeah. someone else. Yeah. So I like that for a structure of a song. It's pretty cool. It's, I, those, like the beginning of the album is, is really great for me. And I'm, I'm typically always prone to remembering the beginning of an uh-huh. album more. I'm very bad at finishing mm-hmm. albums. Um, but I, I have the, the memory of the rest of the album being consistently good. What's unfortunate is because of how, how attached to modern rap I am. I see this as like hyper, not hyper lyrical, but very lyrical Mm -hmm. rap becomes background music for me in a lot of situations. Like I'll I'll turn it on when I wake up and put it on like my room speakers. But that's, that is the music for as I'm getting out of bed, getting dressed and getting ready. That's, that's stuff that sets a tone in the background to whatever I'm doing because the lyrics don't take up like mental space, I guess, mm-hmm. unfortunately, like, because yeah. I'm, I'm a hit, I'm a hook loving person. Mm-hmm. So when the hook comes, I'm there just enjoying the hook. But as the lyrics are coming, that's like my, that's like the intermission. The oddly enough. Yeah. <laughs> Ty- typically lyrics, it's, that's horrible. Lyrics are the intermission between yeah. the hooks. Which <laughs> I just realized how nightmarish of an idea that is. But, yeah. but for this, I, I didn't get much of a, I didn't give myself much of a chance to really trying to go through the lyrics, which is why I was hoping uh, Nathan was going to be here because he loves his lyrics. He pulls it up. Yeah, really well, I, got, I wrote down a couple. Okay. Um, so on uh, The World Is Yours, uh, Pete Rock produces this track and it, it almost feels like an analog track. It is like, it feels so um, bereft of any digital effect. Um, so it's got turntables, it's got piano, it's got the scratching. I mean, it's, it really sounds like, um, setting up to battle in the park. Um, so yeah, I think he's, he's got, um, lines yet. I'm the mild money getting style rolling foul, the versatile honey sticking wild golden child dwelling in the rotten apple. You get tackled or caught by the devil's lasso bleeps a hassle. I mean, it's just, there's alliteration, there's rhyme. That's he amazing. shuffles it up in the middle. Um, and I love that mild money getting style, rolling foul, versatile, golden child. 
Um, he he is pretty self-aware. You know, he's he, he has this confidence, but there's a mildness about it as well. Um, so I, I just, I thought that was a great rhyme, um, and just overload of imagery as well. I mean, you've just got so much packed into, into four lines there. Um, and unlike a lot of like the, um, what you call the, the boom bip style or the boom bap style, um, he switches up his flow quite a bit. So at least that's when I'm hearing it, I'm hearing him switch it up. Um, so he'll speed it up and slow it down. He'll sometimes rhyme on a on a triple instead of a double mm-hmm. um and and i think he definitely does does that um in the world is yours so that was a, that was a sweet one um i put a star next to that one as one of my favorite tracks and really i mean it's 10 tracks it's 10 hits yeah. i mean he 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 wrote even 10 the genesis every single time even yeah. the genesis a total hit i'd hear it on the yeah. radio constantly yeah dj premier even said like i think he was interviewed afterwards and he mentioned when he was listening to what nas was coming out at the time he compared it to tracks like uh, Eric B for President by Rock yeah. which if you watch like the, um, the a really popular uh, Vox video on rhyme patterns and rapper they analyze yeah. a bunch of music including very specifically MF Doom for how amazing his rhyme schemes mm-hmm. are that that verse sounds a lot like the sort of intense really dense inten- oh my gosh yeah. intense and dense bust it <laughs> um, intense and very dense rhyme schemes from Eric and B and immense for, yeah oh my gosh um <laughs> Eric uh, from Eric B is president. Um, yeah. Eric uh, Eric B for president, which was you know a huge song when it came out. And if you look at the imagery they print, like bring up on the Vox video, I forgot what it's called, but it's it's amazing because it illustrates exactly how many rhymes you don't realize you're hearing mm-hmm. all throughout it. And we could talk about MF Doom's pattern for yeah. uh, constantly, but I can still thinking about Doom's lyrics now. Look back at Nas and realizing and and realize his intense. And condensed. Oh my gosh, um, uh, the how how many rhymes he was able to bring into what was that like four that was four, four lines. lines? Yeah, that's like four lines, and I heard yeah. maybe twelve to sixteen yeah. full. It might have been one to two syllable rhymes in that. Yeah, in that. But that's still for like the first popular rap song, which was called "The Breaks." Mm-hmm. It was a a one-to-one rhyme thing, mm-hmm. one-to-one scheme where the rhyme was at the end of every line mm-hmm. and it was really silly. Yeah, 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 yeah. And even ra- Rapper's Delight, Sugar mm-hmm. Hill Gang, it, it's it's similar in that way. But Okay, so here's another one off of the last um, the, the last song, It Ain't Hard to Tell. This one's a little faster, a little more driving beat, uh, rich, instrumental, and he has this wailing saxophone. So he has muted trumpets in some places. He has this wailing saxophone. And a lot of times it's pretty discordant stuff, mm-hmm. um, which is nice. So um, so in this one, he says, it ain't hard to tell. I excel, then prevail. The mic is contacted. I attract clientele. My mic check is life or death. Breathing on a sniper's breath. I exhale the yellow smoke of Buddha through righteous steps. <laughs> the yellow smoke of Buddha. And, the, and of course, the drug like reference, yeah. the Buddha sack is in every single yeah. song. Which there, I'm, I also feel like the idea of mumble rap being, well, they're on drugs. You don't get a free pass, homie, just because you're, yeah. you know, smoking the L. Uh, Nas, I mean, it's just, it's lifestyle. I mean, it, it's not like this is something that's out of the ordinary in Queensbridge. It's just, this is daily life. Um, but it doesn't, it, it, it doesn't kill his ability to create or get in the studio something really, really hot. Yeah. Um, so in that way, I think... 
Um, I'm not advocating drug use, students of Bryan College. <laughs> I'm commentating on one art, one artist's ability um, versus another. Um, I mean, if in we that were way, so. if we were going to just talk about all the people we couldn't talk about, if we were trying to avoid talking about drugs, no music review. We yeah. would never have. Yeah. No rap. No. Yeah. No Beatles. Well, Sergeant no... Pepper. You know, it's it's the LSD album, and it's amazing. But it's perfect, and it doesn't it 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 allows the the listener. To hear coherence, but yeah. discordant at, yeah. uh, notes at the same time. So we could have a whole yeah, discussion about the the morals of of drugs and music, but <laughs> but yeah. for now, that's so. Uh, I don't want to spend too long on this because yeah. we do have we that second. One, yeah. We do have a, uh, another one to cover. So for me, Illmatic. I wish I could appreciate it more, uh, and I I want to get to the point where I can. But I'm I'm certainly not saying it's bad or mediocre in any way. Mm-hmm. It is incredible. But for now. Even as someone who is just, who is very, very modern mm-hmm. rap oriented, it's still amazing. Yeah. And I, I can still like recommend anyone listen to it because you will hear tons of influences for everyone who came after him and everyone you're listening to now, even in small ways. Well, we'll actually, we'll talk more about that when it comes to Yachty, who is emblematic of so many different things. Um, doesn't make him good. He's just emblematic. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's... Even as a very modern rap-loving person, it's incredible to hear all of these elements being brought forward in in such a concise and entertaining way that yeah. early. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The, the, Do we I, give it a grade? I don't. Or I move d- on to the I'm next? Not, I'm what? not comfortable. It's you, like giving a grade to the Iliad. It's, yeah. it's useless. Yeah. It, the grade that Illmatic gets is Illmatic. Yes. You know, and, and so that's just... The illest yeah. to the nth degree. I yeah. never got what illmatic, the actual word, meant till I looked it up, and it's just it just means the ultimate ill, yeah. the, the thing that is most ill, sense of illness, which I just think is fun. Yeah. All right. Now, before we get into Yachty, this is an idea I had between our last review and now. I I beefed up the number of albums I'd been listening to cool. by a lot, and I I made a small list of the ones I spent more time with, but I still couldn't find like. Uh, everything because I, I listened to so many albums I started forgetting what albums I had been listening to. <laughs> so I, I I pulled up a list of the ones that I can really remember listening to recently and I'm going to just give a like a quick shot if you if you if you've heard anything from them, your thoughts, but this is mainly just a, a quick skipping around a, a, a couple things. First off, have you heard of a guy named Rich Brian? No. Okay. He originally went by Rich Chiga, which yeah. um he is a he's from Indonesia. Okay. Uh, and well, uh, he 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 had to change the name eventually. Okay. If he got popular enough, he had to change a name like that. But he's called Rich Brian now. He's been internet famous for a good long time. He came out with a song called "Dat Stick," like dollar sign S, which was like virally popular. He was really dorky. He was wearing this um, like pink polo with these chino shorts and a, a fanny pack of all things nice. but he has this super deep voice i think he was 16 or 17 when that song came out but he has this ridiculously deep voice that makes everything he he raps so much more intense hmm. that song got so virally popular that ghostface killer actually um helped produce a remix of that featuring him and and um another guy named puya it was it was really interesting. They had a, a song called Who That Be that came out after that. He He's had tons of uh, 
like internet hype around him. He joined 88 Rising, which is a big deal right now for how much uh, Eastern talent they're bringing to the West and how amazing cool. it all sounds. He did a track with 21 Savage really recently, and then he released an album called Amen, which I would give a solid decent. Okay. Um, <laughs> There are there are some like highlights on it, like the opening track, um, a song called Occupied, one called Kitty, which I would not recommend you listen to with anyone who isn't just yourself nearby. <laughs> a song called like Enemies, uh, two two singles he released beforehand called Chaos and Glow Like That. They're all those tracks are my favorite. They're they're the most interesting. But there are some slow moments on there where you can tell that he's kind of one song called Cold is the one he's pushing a lot more. It's the one he, I think he performed live. He made a music video for it, but it's my least favorite song. It's just kind of boring and slow and unfortunate uh, compared to the rest of the stuff. But mm. for someone who is only 18, mm. he has a full, full-length album that I would still say is like, on par, if not better, than a lot of the rap that's coming out right now. So I'm proud of him personally. Nice. Do you know who Ronnie J is? That name ring does ring a bell. Okay, do you know what he does? No. Okay, he's a producer. Okay. He produces almost everything. Um, that's not true. There's, <laughs> there's tons of producers. Mm. Uh, but Ronnie J produces a lot of those really distorted bass beats you hear gotcha. in so much, yeah. like um, from Ski Master Slum God, XXXTentacion, uh, which is <laughs> the stupidest name. Um, <laughs> he produces... So many beats. He he did uh, some beats for um, I think her name. What are they calling her? Bad baby. The the catch me outside girl. She's a rapper now. Okay. Um, <laughs> which is just <laughs> sad. But he made a beat for her on a song that I actually really enjoy. He's worked with Denzel Curry, who's one of my favorite modern. If you're looking for like good lyrical but still really heavy southern rap, Denzel Curry is like okay. your immediate guy. He he made that song Ultimate, which is a huge meme. But it's he's just generally fantastic. He came out with a project called OMG Ronnie because at the beginning of a lot of his songs, his little producer clip is some girl going, oh, my God, Ronnie. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the song skips off. He, he came out with an album that I would also give a decent. Um, his his beats are my favorite thing. Nice. Though, too, I can I can feel that if people are very, very old fashioned, they would have hate them because a lot of it is bass that is purposefully distorted. It's not because it's loud. It's just he distorts it and then compresses it again so you can feel the wobbles in the top mm. part. It's kind of gross, but I can still like it mm. in a lot of ways. There are some features on it that are really cool. There are some songs that are kind of boring. The worst thing was that XXXTentacion, who I just, I don't want to talk about anymore, but we're going to talk about him <laughs> a bit more. His, he features on the very last song called Banded Up, but the problem is he's the worst feature on there. He's disgusting and I hate <laughs> listening to him because he's like 18 now. Oh my gosh, he's the worst. <laughs> Talking about him, he has two albums out. XXX, I'm just going to call him X now. Sure. He has two albums. One came out last year. It was called 17. It was just oh my gosh I don't know how I feel about it because I can feel it being written by a middle schooler mm -hmm. on like a dark Wednesday night when they have to go to school the next morning but they just broke up with their girlfriend <laughs> and their mom has just really been nagging at them to get their schoolwork done or else they can't play lacrosse anymore which <laughs> isn't it, that's that's not true like X has been to juvie he's like he's an actual disturbed sort of person who has some vile charges brought against him of sexual violence mm. which makes him a really difficult and controversial controversial character to deal wow. with in modern music. But his album, his first album, 17, was a huge departure from his traditional style. His traditional style is 
like constantly produced by Ronnie J. It's all very distorted, a lot of screaming, hypersexual lyrics, mm. really dumb lyrics too. Mm. He's not a good writer whatsoever. This was laid more more brought back and restrained. It was very folk influenced. He was singing a lot more than he was rapping. Mm. It was about depression and uh, the suicide of someone he knew was about a lot of dark subjects, but it still felt like it was being written by a middle schooler who was just very, very <laughs> sad that all of his friends can't come to summer camp with him. Uh, um, I, it got it got oddly high reviews. Kendrick Lamar brought him out on stage during one of his concerts and shouted out his album, which I thought was weird because yeah. I love Kendrick and he's one of the most lyrically yeah. interesting and productive. Like he's an amazing artist. Don't know why he was just there with X. I, it doesn't make any sense to me. Huh. Then X came out with another album, which I haven't actually listened to, so I don't care. So anyway, um, have you heard of Six Nine? All right. If we're talking about SoundCloud rappers who have a lot of violent charges brought against them, Six Nine would be the next person. Mm-hmm. Who um, I don't want to talk about the charges brought up against him, but he is just a. If you ever see some vaguely Latino, chubby kid with the numbers six and nine tattooed on his face with rainbow hair, you have found one of the worst rappers alive <laughs> right now. He is the worst. And it because he he doesn't sound like an amalgamation of everything around him, like all of the all the Ronnie J beats, all the general SoundCloud rap, all mm-hmm. the drug soaked, hyper violent music that's coming out of like 19-year-olds right now. Mm -hmm. He sounds like all of them mushed together and then put inside of a blender and then put inside of like an oven and then injected with steroids, (laughs) but it doesn't sound good. His production is disgustingly overwrought, like not intelligently overwrought like Ronnie J said. It's just horrifying all the way through. He has songs that don't make any sense, lyrics that make me want to stop listening to rap altogether. (laughs) But I can't deny that he's entertaining. Um, he's entertaining in the same way that like The Room was entertaining or like <laughs> Plan 9, like any bad film is entertaining. He's the <laughs> same way. Um, now, I think I might have mentioned him before. Have you heard of Ski Mask the Slump God? Yeah, from me, just from you though. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's a silly name. He, um, his, his real name is Stokely. Uh, like last name is Goldborn or something, but he he's called Ski Mask the Slump God because he has a ski mask and that's his bit and he used to like Xanax. <laughs> so Slump God. But he Got is something the, in common with Chance then. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so he is the only SoundCloud artist who I respect hmm. because he has some of the most interesting flows out of anyone I'm listening to right hmm. now. Like there's Dom from from Brockhampton mm-hmm. whose whose flow on like Boogie was amazing. I listened to that song all the way through so I can get to his verse alone, yeah. which is incredible. His verse on almost anything is fantastic. Um, Ski Mask is very much the same in that his flows are incredible. His lyrics are off the wall, hmm. weird, cartoony. They're not hypersexual or hyperviolent like all of his friends are. Um, actually, his friends. He is good friends with XXX, Tentasa, whatever. Um, and he has, I don't think Ronnie J produces many of his beats, but he's a very off color, strange sort of guy. But I appreciate that about him hmm. because his flows are always, always, always interesting. Hmm. Even if his lyrics aren't that great or if his hooks kind of uh, underperform, he is still really entertaining to listen to. He has a song called Catch Me Outside, which has to be one of the best rap songs from hmm. last year. Its flow is incredible. Its lyrics are super fun. Its production's super weird. He has a song called Take a Step Back, which is like the basic, disgustingly... Now, that that's just him swearing at the top of his lungs because he can, <laughs> but I can't deny it's not fun. He has a song called Baby Wipe. Well, his album, which is called You Will Regret, is just weird. 
but <laughs> he has a song called Baby Wipe, which I really enjoy because of how many fun sort of lyrics and and stops in the production that he he has throughout there. I, I would honestly recommend listen to the album. You might really enjoy it. Mm. Then there is um, Little Lil Pump, and I don't want to talk about him because everyone else has, and I don't like looking at his face. <laughs> <laughs> he his like six nines weird rainbow colored hair and then Little Pump, just the human being, are my two least favorite things. <laughs> He's just a weird weird dude who has just way too much hype for his own good right mm. now. He had one song that everyone listened to and I don't want to listen to him anymore, but I cannot deny that he's very important. And I just felt, I felt obligated to bring him up in the company <laughs> of all of them. But that's all to bring up Lil Yachty. All right. Lil Yachty, who I believe is an influence on a lot of people who I just mentioned, maybe not Rich Brian, who who is very he's he's not lyrically dense, but he's very interesting. He writes his own hooks, he makes his own beats, he's very cool. Lil Yachty might be an influence on people like X Ski Mask, Lil Pump, um, uh, I, so many more to name actually. There's everyone around him, not maybe not Kodak Black. I hate Kodak Black, but Lil Yachty is a a chimera of a rapper, just pick a rapper, and the biggest burnout stoner you could imagine, plus some weird red dreadlocks. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about him quite yet. Do you have? I'm gonna I'm gonna formulate my ideas. Do you have something on him? How do I feel about Little Yachty? Um, or yes. Um, okay, so you use the word hype and entertainment in your description of all of those rappers, mm -hmm. and I think that, it, you know, am I allowed to call Little Yachty mumble rap? Is that acceptable? Oh, yes, okay. the embodiment okay. of that. Mumble rap is entertainment, it is popularity, it is the internet, it is meme culture. It is lowest common denominator. And, and so, it, it being those things, um, it is also um, ephemeral and only of interest for as long as people care to pay interest to it. So lyricism or Nas is creativity, artistry, it's engagement in an art. Mumble rap for me is, is a meme. Yeah. Um, it's very reductive um, and it can be done in a way that gets a, an eyebrow raise, a chuckle, a listen, um, but it, it feels so driven by um, uh, a lack of content, devoid of ideas, um, and and really just a, um, the, the, no follow through on a concept. So Lil Boat is meant to be a concept album, but it fails in doing that. It's meant to be two personas, right? You've got Yachty and Boat. Mm -hmm. And Yachty, is is he the rapper or is he he's the like, singer? He's like the weird crooning singer, okay. sort of. So Yachty's supposed to be the singer and then Boat's supposed to rhyme. So he does that for two tracks and then he forgets about it. Like, it does not, it, like, he sets this thing up but then doesn't pay it off at all. Um, so it's not a concept album with two personas. It's one track of an intro that pretends like it's going to have a structure. Um, so... You know, from the artistry side, I really have no love for what I'm hearing. From the entertainment side, I like a good meme. 
you know. <laughs> but but that's all it is. I like a good meme. I like a good meme, and this album is a good meme. Um, but when the next one comes along, you know, there's a life cycle on, yeah. on these things. And so the, cat, the category of meme continues to exist. But it only continues to exist because there's another one that people are retweeting. Um, and for me, this this style, this triteness, this lack of lyrical ability, and like the harmonies that the musical side, that's kind of cool, but that has nothing to do with, like take the auto-tune off. Like this is where I want Jay-Z to come in with Death of Auto-Tune, <laughs> DOA, and just blaze on this guy because I don't think he can do anything. So that's my that's my hot take right. to, to start you off. So now you come back. That was a me. nice hot take. Yeah. <laughs> so I think he is the symbol of all things not wrong, but just are in modern trap. Um, I heard a great analysis that's basically saying that Yachty is the punk phase, the beginning of the punk phase in rap. This abandonment for form and artistry and more just a... When, when I think of like someone starting off as a rapper, they're not... If they're if they're starting out like a SoundCloud rapper like Ski Masker X or Yachty or or Kodak or Pump or uh, tons of people from like this last year of um, the the double XL mm-hmm. uh, freshman class and maybe the year before that except for you know people like maybe Kyle and and Amine but people who start off with this SoundCloud sort of rap like oh Ugly God that's another one. I, I can tell they're not starting off because they're like, I have a message yeah. and I have something I need to say. Like they aren't, they aren't sitting down and thinking there is something that the world needs to hear. They're sitting down and thinking, I can do that. That seems like fun. Mm-hmm. But then again, that's how I start off everything I do. Yeah. I, I sit down and think that can be fun. So it definitely isn't masquerading as art. No, there is a point to be made about this sounding like he's trying to make it a concept album. But it's it's still just a it's a mixtape. It's just yeah. him with some tracks, and he added a he added a skit at the beginning, and maybe yeah. like some some spoken bit in the middle. It's supposed to explain. But see, something. reviewers buy it. Like there's some reviewers who are like, yeah, you know, you got this like it's a split persona thing, and it's this commentary. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't, bro. It's not like look at look at what it is. Yeah. Not that not just that first track. I can't think of anyone who does a split personality well in music because the only other one I can think of right now is uh, Nicki Minaj with her like <laughs> there's Nicki yeah. and Roman and yeah. but turns out I hate both of them so yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I can't think of anyone who does something like that but I can say I like Little Boat Little okay. Yachty the singing the singing person on like like tracks like um, the first one being Not My Bro yeah. uh, and Never Switch Up and like even the interlude and the song Good Day yeah. those are all Yachty and thus, they're all really boring. Mm, I okay. I can't even put them on in the background because I know there's something else I can be listening to that'd be more fun. Yeah, Yadi is just he he's got this. There was an interview I saw with him where he was talking to, I don't think it was Charlemagne the God. I forgot he was talking to, but he was talking about his album that came out last summer, uh, Teenage Emotions, mm-hmm. his first full length studio album. It came out to critical revile. And hatred, as I remember, <laughs> because and and you might not understand this, but it was a very bad album, <laughs> and I I don't I just couldn't understand why it it had to it might have been something about how he didn't understand what a cello was. <laughs> he used the phrase "suck me like an insect," which oh just makes gosh. me hurt inside when I think about it. <laughs> he used uh, a hook that's basically him just yelling the name Harley over and over mm, and over yeah. again for some dumb reason. He completely misunderstood the point of being a rapper 
Uh, and then there was this uh, Digital Nas freestyle. There was like a producer, um, Digital Nas. He did a freestyle on one of his beats. I, I like to draw the con- like the the line of Digital Nas. He's just trying to be Digital Nas. And we just talked about Nas. It was incredible. But turns mm-hmm. out when you add Digital to Nas, it, it just turns into trash. Yeah. Um, everyone hated that. He had a song called Peekaboo, which was also the most boring thing. That was mm. a bad album. Here's the other thing. I love it. <laughs> and not even because it's bad for like the sick enjoyment of bad but because if I turn my brain off like some music I yeah. have to turn my brain off for like most of Migos I can't think of I can't think yeah. about anything for a lot of modern music I can't think about anything yeah. or else I stop liking it even if I like I have to turn my brain off for that but I have to turn my brain even lower to the point that I start like turning off other functions <laughs> to enjoy Yachty but when I do I'm happy <laughs> okay In- I, I almost got there last night it was like 11.30. I was doing a, a one last time through. And Minnesota. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So Minnesota, it was like maybe the fourth time I've heard it. And I'm sitting there listening, reading the lyrics and writing something down. And I caught myself bobbing my head. And I thought, oh, you tricked me. You tricked me, Yachty. You tricked me, Cooper. Um, and so in spite of myself, I was kind of like grooving on it. Yeah. Um, so I, I could kind of feel it on that level. There was... There's this falsetto in the song, and there's kind of a goofy charm um, about it. And so, yeah, I think, you know, there might be a level of, of, um, of entertainment and enjoyment for me there. But then I think it was Migos' verse um, where he just says, I love my Motorola over and over. I love my Motorola. <laughs> I, it's, he, he just says it over and over. And I thought, yep. this tr- is... Trying. It's not that they're not trying. It's that they're insulting me. I mean, it's like, are you kidding? Just say nothing, you know? Just say nothing or like, I don't know, something better than I love my Motorola over <laughs> over and over. So I chose I, to believe that that was a reference to something I wasn't getting. I had to choose to believe that or else I would have felt the same way. But it's cool. Like make a reference to something, like do an illusion and then like then bust another one, you know? But there's just the the album is completely devoid of content um, on, a, on a lyrical level. And that's what's a hassle to me. Um, so like, I mean, the profane stuff, like the one night stands, the, you know, kind of the graphic sexual commands throughout it. That was where I was kind of like, okay, you used to be irritating me. And now I'm just like, I'm not happy with you. Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't need to hear you talking about this. Yeah. Um, and so that's where, um, where the album crosses the line for me. If you're going to be trite, then you also need to be a little bit more mannerly. Like I don't give you yeah. both of those things. Like if you're going to be trite and that crass, then you're, you're just killing me. Um, so um, that was that was kind of how I was engaging some of the, uh, the lyrics. But I will give it to Minnesota. I started bobbing my head a little bit um, in on, on that song. Um, so... Yeah, I'm sorry. The song I'm sorry, he just says I'm sorry over and over. Yeah. I just thought, how like sad would you already have to be to listen to this song for it to have any emotional resonance? Like you have to come so primed in melancholy for that to be a meaningful statement. I, I think that was like, okay, Nas at 18, here's what he can do on an emotional level to connect with his audience. And this young cat on an emotional level, it's just like, oh, you're making me do all the work. Yeah. Like, I want to eat too. You're just, you know, you're over there hogging everything. Uh, imagine I'm sorry, but an album full of I'm sorry's, and that's, that's Teenage Emotion. Um, okay, so why, 
you know, let me ask you this question. Why is this stuff so, um, like, why does it gain traction with, with such a large audience? Like, w how do people like, stay listening to it? I have, I think I have a few theories on it. The first one is very basic. It's lowest common denominator. Like the reason a lot of trap is popular, I think is because yeah. it has a couple elements that are really difficult to define that resonate with the most people in, okay. in today's like radio listening, music uh, consuming culture. Yeah. Like the millennials and Gen Z's who are hanging around today are identifying with this. The people who spend money on concert, concert tickets yeah. and music streaming, that's the music that they that they, they, they understand the most on the widest grain. It's not like everyone loves them, but it's the fact that 300 million people love them a little bit. Yeah. That's enough to hook that much. Okay. Then there's the thought that this generation of, of music consumers are just, for some reason, a little more inclined to the very hype nature of all the music that's coming out. Like yeah. the entire point of Migos is stripped back, um, a stripped backed, production but a very a big a, not not personality i guess but this this clout it's behind the name it's brand it's yeah and exactly so here, here's my other thing like get rid of your dread get rid of those red dreads get rid of your auto tune get rid of your producers are you an artist anymore yachty so like if you apply that critique to to somebody else like Nas, it's like he can he can do it like he can do it on the corner like, I feel like if you can't do it on the street corner, then you're doing like you've lost the genre. Like you don't get to be hip hop anymore. Yeah, um, I can understand that. Um, the interview, I forgot to finish that, yeah. that line before I was talking about the album. The interview was about his upcoming album. And he was he was interviewing with a, a group of people. I forgot where it was from. But out of these three people who were interviewing him one of them was very mad at him for some reason because yadi kept saying i'm really happy like i dropped out of school my mom was broke i had nothing and now yeah. i'm a millionaire i paid yeah. off my mom's house i'm covered in ice i'm yeah. happy right now yeah and the guy who was interviewing him and said that's impossible he, he didn't believe he, it yeah. his his point was like no one can be happy all the time and yadi was yeah. like but i am yeah he's like you're you're lying to me you yeah. can't be happy all the time and yadi kept sitting there smiling and saying like but you're wrong yeah i made this album because i'm constantly happy that i'm suddenly rich <laughs> which i respect not as an artist yeah but i respect because dad gummit he's happy and a millionaire he can do what he wants yeah and it's not it's not that no one's going to buy an album or everyone's going yeah. to hate it i can tell that he won't care very much yeah i respect how much he does not care about other people's opinions right now. Yeah. I he he has an understanding of his the position he's in. Sure. I could I could imagine other people getting to where they are and still being upset about something. Right. Like like um like X who's constantly mad and upset and and like broken inside about something, but who's obviously doing decently well when it comes to success. Yeah. Yadi's over here taking everything he has, sitting down with it and like saying this is this is good. He's still he's still moving. All artists are moving. Yeah. But he he's the only person I've seen express a gratitude yeah. for the stuff that they've been given. Yeah. And it's he's not good. He's yeah. not good. I, I won't say that Little Boat is good, but I will say listening to Teenage Emotions with the understanding that he's just happy during it makes me a little happier. Yeah. But on a on on a note about Little Boat, everything that involves Yachty's persona is bad and boring and, and crooning and terrible. 
I like everything that is just Little Boat. Okay. I enjoy all of it, and I will listen to it constantly. Minnesota is one of the most amazing songs <laughs> I've heard in a long time. I listen to it constantly everywhere I walk. Um, <laughs> up next to was was great. Wanna Be Us, which I, yeah. I thought was going to be worse, is still something I listen to constantly. And even though it's really, really dumb, One Night was the first Yachty song I heard all the way through, uh-huh. and I still like to just listen to it wherever I am. Mm-hmm. He the, the Little Boat persona makes me just it's 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 everything i like about loud boisterous ronnie j uh disturbed bass trap music mm-hmm. but happy at the same time mm-hmm. so it's i can listen to it and and despite the like hypersexual lyrics and how gross that can be yeah i can listen to this nonsense and just enjoy yeah. it it's not it's not necessarily entertaining it's a mood it okay. sets a okay. mood for okay. me it sets the perfect mood okay Okay, I can I can appreciate that. I okay. can I I think I experienced that for fifteen seconds last night on yeah. on Minnesota. It's better uh, than nothing. <laughs> okay, um, wanna be us? He rhymes cherry and fairy yeah. over and over. He does. I mean, it's like I'm just cringing. I just like you have. I'm sure you have a brain. Like, I would expect my child to, like, have more interesting prattle. So, like, if you're going to make it just prattle, let's just say, let's check out and do language on its most, like, primordial level. There's more interesting variety in in prattle than cherry and fairy over and over. Um, So that's, again, I'm like, oh, man, I wonder what this would be like if, you know, it didn't suck so bad. The number of okay, I'm going to get it that I'm going to be the only person who's ever on the show who okay. likes this music, and I'm fine with that. And let me just say this because I'm coming on. I've been coming on strong for half an hour here. I like that you assigned me this album, and <laughs> I, I listened to the whole thing all the way through it three times, and so my my horizons are broadening, and I'm I'm getting something important out of this. But I just don't know what it is yet. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's like it's basically with me and Nas, except like I'm looking yeah. in the past and trying to get more about the past. And yeah. I'm trying to illuminate the state yeah. of the now right. to everyone else. And but, you're being very generous, and I'm being very hostile. So that's like no, it's fine. classic old head. I understand. Like <laughs> the things you gun. the things you give yeah. me are proven to be good. The things I'm giving you are immediately <laughs> questionable, yeah. and I'm fine with that. The, I wanted to point out the number of lines. I don't have an exact number, but the number of lines that are blatantly just repeated yeah. in one to be us because they couldn't think of anything makes me laugh like one of one of the verses in the middle um yadi says all of these girls they know me all of these girls they on me that girl she smile like emoji that girl she smile like emoji that's just the same that's the same line twice and the same line twice yeah and it, it happens so many they say the same thing every time and i like it yeah it's 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 not because they think it's good. I can tell it's not because they're like, this needs to be said again. They're just saying it because they they thought, oh, I have to go to another verse now and I can't think of more syllables. Yeah. So yeah. that again, that's where the Motorola line comes from. That's where right. tons of repeated lines come yeah. from. But for some reason, it's again, the lowest common denominator. They don't put in very much effort, but they get a lot of reward because of how many people enjoy it. And, and it, I can't begrudge them yeah, that. Yeah, and so maybe maybe why I'm over here sitting sitting here like I'm pissed off is because I think it's not Yachty and his ilk that I'm that, that irritate me. 
it's the fact that he's emblematic, which is which is what you said at the beginning. Yeah. He's emblematic of a certain consumer base. And so he's just, right, I, w- I want to go political here, but I'm not going to. He, he's what we deserve, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you wanted this America, now you got it. Like, you, you have, have sort of, your, your desires are so um, unambitious that this can happen. Um, so maybe maybe I'm I'm more I'm more beefing <laughs> over here on on a an audience that's that is that willing to consume this amount of of, of stuff at that level. So all right, I can. That's my thing. I can. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Yachty as Yachty as the emblem of. <laughs> what we des- not what we need, but what we deserve. Yeah, he's you the deser- ra- he's the rapper this we America. deserve. Yeah, he's the rapper we deserve, but not the one we need yeah. right now. So I was talking with my pops over the weekend, and I was talking about the Beatles, and he was telling me about what it was like when the Beatles first showed up in the states. And we talk about pop music a lot, and about how could there ever be another phenomenon like the Beatles, and mm. you know, evolution of pop music. And he said. The day after Ed Sullivan show, when the Beatles showed up, he said, every kid that came to school the next day had stopped being a greaser, had stopped slicking their hair back, and everyone's hair was forward. And he said, you couldn't afford to ignore the Beatles. No one could afford to ignore the Beatles. And their popular appeal wasn't just in that it was a least common denominator, it, it, it transcended the culture, but it also had a, an artistry about it. And so that, you know, that's a unique moment, but I guess to compare that to a a current moment now where it's like, you can ignore mumble rap, but it's everywhere, but a lot of people consume it, but they consume it almost begrudgingly in some ways. Whereas the Beatles, you didn't consume begrudgingly, you, you consumed it voraciously because you loved it. So, all right. That is, that's a good observation. <laughs> I'm, try, I'm, try I'm trying to, to think of, I'm trying not to rant so much. But I'm, I'm trying not. to think if there's anyone recently who, who we could say is that level of, of a paradigm shifter of a game yeah. changer in music. And I don't think, I don't think we have them yet. There's, there's no one that the world like quote unquote, the world yeah. stopped and listened to for a moment and, and things changed after they performed. Cause yeah. I don't think, I don't think that's the nature of the music we have now. No. It's it's they're not out to change the world. They're not out to be the biggest thing. They're out to make the things that they would enjoy listening to, and essentially have fun in their own ways. And there's there's nothing wrong with that, but there's nothing entirely admi- admirable in it. It's, it's less exciting. Yeah, it's less exciting. That's that's why I can enjoy. That's why I like to enjoy music from people like. Um, Brockhampton and 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 Chance as well, independent artists who are very much trying to make different music. That's why I love listening to alternative and very very industrial or on the edge yeah. rap and hip hop because when when they when they're doing that, it's it's because they have some they have a new idea that they're mm-hmm. like this this is going to be interesting for people to hear. Not just people will listen to this. It's this right. is very interesting for people to hear. Sure. Which I yeah I think that's I think that's all we we need to say on the on the subject. <laughs> but you, I'm glad I got a chance to say it. It was fun. I'm glad I I was you know tasked with listening to this, and my my horizons are are broadened ever more thanks to your yeah. 
your due diligence. And if anyone cares, <laughs> Little Boat 2 is out now as well, which I listened to, and it's just Little Boat 1 except a little different. And, you know, it's just, if, if you can stand Little Boat 1, you're going to be able to stand Little Boat 2. And that's what matters. Damned with faint praise. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have an idea of what we're going to be doing next? Okay, so we kicked around um, dodgy Christian rap albums from the late ni- or, you know, 90s or early 2000s. Right. Um, so I don't know if that has any traction um, as, like, as a gimmick thing. I like that idea. Um, so that could be cool. Um, and yeah, I think that was the only idea that, that anyone had floated. I don't know anything that's coming out. Um, right now that's that's really... Cardi B's album came out today. I saw but that. I am not... I don't in, listen to that. I don't... It's, it's just, I'm not very involved. I'm, I'm definitely going to listen to it the moment I'm done here. Yeah. But I, I don't want to... I don't feel like that's something we need to bring in here. Yeah. <laughs> um, there are there are plenty of other artists that I could I could bring up that yeah. I don't know they're Cardi B esque but but more fun. There's, yeah. Um, and if if you're looking for a quick list of like female rappers you want to enjoy, there's uh, No Name Princess Nokia. Uh, there's, um, I guess, shoot, what's her name? There's a bunch of like, Yachty has his own rap group. I think it's called the Sailing Club. But uh, there's there's someone called her name's Rico Nasty, and she came up with a track recently called Trust Issues, which is, you know, like the production's super distorted, like anything. But it's entertaining to listen to. There's there's tons of female rappers right now who are super fun. I'm not gonna. I everyone knows Cardi B. Everyone who cares about rap is listening to Cardi B, so they don't need a review or a new perspective on it. Same goes for Nicki Minaj, but I wouldn't talk about her anyway. I don't want to give her any <laughs> any attention. I'm apparently the only one out of my friends who hates her, but I'm fine with that. And if you want to listen to a good album by a female rapper, you can always listen to Miseducation of Lauren Hill. So take it back Ooh, old school. Oh yes. And anything by Jean Grey. Jean Grey features on a lot of Talib Kweli, and she is filthy good. I mean, Jean Grey, really, really good. Jean Grey came out with an album uh, along with Kwale Chris really, really recently, and I've heard great things about it. She came out with an album, I think, like this week with Kwale Chris. Jean Grey did? Yeah. Oh, wow. Like this week with Kwale Chris, and um, who's also a really interesting uh, kind of alternative sort of rapper, but uh, I've heard great things about that already. I'm looking forward to listening to that. Um, My idea, my idea for the next review, I like the idea of going to the fringe of okay. rap right now. We've spent a lot of time looking at different aspects on the insular side of everything. Uh-huh. Um, and we're, we're going to bring in chance, but I like the idea of taking like something from the very edge of rap in like the experimental sort of range and crappy Christian rap. Okay. I'm, I'm, I like the idea of having to force myself. Side A and side B of the, the finale episode for it's a rap. Yes. Recorded finals week. Oh my gosh. It's going to be fun. Um, but, <laughs> okay. uh, so that means next time when Nathan's back in the studio, we're going to listen to, uh, we're going to talk about, uh, chance finally let that let that sink in and instead of you know three albums this time we'll we'll take a side a and a side b from like the opposite ends okay. of of the fringe of rap we have crappy christian rap and then we're going to have i'll i'll pick something i think we i would think we'll all have different thoughts on um and and let y'all know when the time comes but for now thank you guys for listening that was our extensive thoughts on the current state of rap and um the, our thoughts on the past state of rap as well so without further ado i'd like to pronounce that a rap this has been a production of WJBC The Roar. Visit us at wjbctheroar.podbean.com and contact us at wjbcradio at bryan.edu. Music provided by The Passion Hi-Fi. 
visit them at thepassionhifi.com. 